You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Jessica Ann from the Wild Race TV show. Now, Jessica is a passionate outdoors woman that loves to get people involved in the outdoors and, like, introducing them to it, helping them progress through it, just whatever she can do to continue to carry on the passion and the hobbies and the outdoor activities that we all love, she's going to do. Now, there's some pretty incredible stories that you're about to hear about her, how she got involved, what she's doing now, what's coming up in the future. And so I'm not going to spoil too much more of it. I'm just going to let you listen in for yourself. So let's jump into this episode with Jessica. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got Jessica Ann. She is the host of the Wild Race TV show. We actually got to meet in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, and so I'm really excited to hear more about her story and just to chat all about hunting, conservation, youth in the outdoors, all of it. So, Jessica, thanks for hopping on with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was really awesome when Eric from OKS Hunter had said, hey, guess what? Well, him and Josh said, hey, guess what? Dan's coming here. And I was like, wait, Dan? And they said, yeah, he's he's actually coming up. And so um, he had said that you might have brought your wife. And I think you came alone. I don't believe your wife came that, to that event. But yeah. um, it was so fun to kind of be able to see all sorts of different people in the industry get together for a really awesome cause um, that Half Rock put on. So, and it seemed very successful. I don't know if you heard that they had a lot of great success from that. 
Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah. I know they had mentioned a little bit right after, but I know they were waiting for final numbers and everything. Yep. Oh, I think you're, yeah, you're with me where they were um, preliminary. It was like 15,000 that they um, had raised, which their yeah. goal was the previous to beat the previous um, years. And that was 6,200. So that was far Jeez. surpassed and it was amazing. It was a great turnout. So that's so no, cool. Fun. I, I love when people get together like that, like you were saying, I mean, the fact that we've kind of created this network of people yeah. and then all of a sudden I, <laughs> I get an invite to an event and I'm like, I keep getting messages like, Oh dude, are you coming? Are you coming? <laughs> are you coming? And I'm like, you guys are all people that I like kind of know through right. social media, through podcasting, through uh, Instagram, but then to actually see everybody in person all giving back and showing yeah. up to, to help out uh, yeah. conservation is amazing. It is. And I think that's what's great about all of us is some people think that because we're hunters or that we, you know, share this passion um, for hunting that, you know, I've had so many people that are like, well, I don't believe in hunting, but it's so much more than that. Right. So like, we come together for this common cause of giving back and conservation. And really, um, that's how I actually started my sponsorship with Half Rack specifically. Um, they're local. They're literally right down the road for me, which is amazing that we kind of found each other that way and I actually found them from um, okay. It's Hunter's podcast. Jimmy, yeah. who was representing half Rack at the time was on their podcast. And I was just listening. We were just normal on Wednesday nights, watching their podcast. And he said something about water for Wisconsin. And I was like, I stopped eating. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like <laughs> no one, this is so random. What do you mean? Like, that's a very small town in Wisconsin. Um, come to find out that just unfolded an amazing opportunity for us to kind of work together. And they are today probably one of my proudest sponsors because they are so invested in what we do here. And so going through conservation, getting youth involved, because what we here believe at the wild race, it's called the wild race um, with the slogan of like the race to change the future. So our mission and our belief is that the youth are our future. So we have to do our part to work on educating them, giving them resources and providing opportunities to this, these kids and bridge this gap that some of these kids experience. Um, that either want to get involved, don't know how to get involved, or just really don't know where to start. Um, YouTube's a great way. I always tell people, you know, um, it's great to get a lot of resources and educational things on YouTube, but if we can physically come into a community and say, hey, these are our sponsors locally there. These are the people local to your very community, potentially your family, friends, or neighbors. And then these are the businesses in your very community that believe in this. And we're all here to help you. It then gives kids an opportunity to be like, Hey, I can go down, you know, go down the road and in town and see this person and know that if I have questions, if I want to know more, if I want to be able to get more involved, that these are the people that I can go to, which is just amazing because all of those connections start from a simple conversation, right? Yep. Just like with half rack, just like with anything in this industry, you kind of, you're in a crowd, you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden you find out that they're also have a passion for the outdoors and hunting. And you're like, oh, cool. Did we just become best friends? Because now you're just sitting there sharing pictures, sharing stories, and you just have that common value, right? In life. And you just you just have very common similarities and it's really amazing to see how each person's story is very different and how it shaped them to the outdoorsmen or outdoors women that they are today. So it's very rewarding. And I'm sure you meet so many people in this industry to also attest to that. Yeah. It's, I, I love watching the relationship side of it get built. Like when people Absolutely. come together and even with youth, I mean, it's so important to build those relationships between people in the community and the mm -hmm. youth or a youth and a mentor, somebody else who 
maybe has access to a vehicle so that they can actually go out yeah. and hunt, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids and teenagers mm -hmm. that are hungry for the outdoors. I just got yeah. a call from my brother-in-law, I think it was two days ago. And he was like, Hey, the boys are really interested in the outdoors. Like I would love for you to kind of mentor them, you know, quite a bit about it. Like if you wouldn't mind taking them out, like when you come up to Wisconsin, I was, I was like, yeah, absolutely. That That's sounds so amazing. Awesome. But it's, it's crazy because when kids get involved in it, if they mm -hmm. don't have the resources to actually go out to a public land spot or go out waterfowl hunting, or, you know, they can't drive a boat. Well, it's going to be a lot more difficult for them absolutely. to actually get out and continue that passion. Absolutely. And so that is, that is something that we definitely, like you said, have identified, like, you know, because not always can I be one person and our goal is truly to do this nationwide. Um, and I can't be everywhere at all the time. So if I can establish, you know, a place or people or a sense of community around these kids, wherever we go to, to do these types of things, that's ultimately a success. So those people are then passing it along. So we actually just finished, um, had our season finale for episode uh, or not episode season one on the pursuit channel last week. And we're now already <laughs> airing and um, preparing for or not airing. We're also filming for season two. So we are so excited. Um, we have so many fun things in store and it um, we had our very first Wisconsin youth waterfall hunt. And so this idea of taking one to two kids out turned into we're taking six kids out. And when I told the people that are here locally, they're like, we're doing what? <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> six kids out because it's just going to be great. And believe it or not, it was actually four girls and two boys. So the amount of females, um, that I was able to reach out to and the families that nominated them, knowing that, you know, so many of them said, Hey, because you're a female, like, I think this would be great for an opportunity because sometimes in that age group between 10 to 12 or sorry, not 10 to 12. Well, even then, um, sometimes we run our contests a little bit younger. Um, but this was specifically for 12 to 15. Like sometimes that age group is very difficult, um, for young girls and young women to kind of get more involved just because they, and they've expressed like, Hey, I'm a little intimidated going with, you know, somebody yeah. that's a male um, versus, you know, having that. And in the flip side, sometimes in that age group, it's really difficult for me um, as a woman to kind of interact and have that male aspect. So um, Will um, is the other part of this with me. He kind of came on this recent last, I would say year or so he's been really involved um, and he is my boyfriend and he's been great. And it's been really awesome because he is your non-traditional hunter. He is, did not grow up in a hunting family. He did not grow up doing any of this stuff. He loved fishing and he's gone out, but not to the extent that he is just bloodthirsty, just like you said, like just so eager to learn. Um, and so knowing that, you know, we've had so much success with that first event, we had um, actually decided, well, I, I don't know about you, but I've taken youth out before and either I've been a little uh, not truthful. People have not been as truthful to me about their skill level. So we're like, you know what, liability wise, and just for the safety of everybody and comfortability, we want to get all these kids ready for this hunt. So we actually had um, Warren Valley, a local place um, in Wisconsin, host this field day. So it was the Sunday before our actual statewide youth hunt. And we had all the kids come and their families. And we, um, 
it was exciting because we spent a couple of weeks before that traveling all over the state of Wisconsin, surprising these kids door to door that they were going to be a part of this whole experience oh, cool. with us, which was so fun. So seeing their faces, um, you know, not really knowing what's going on, but that their family nominated them and they were chosen for this event. So they all came down with their families. We had um, a certified firearm instructor come for the state of Wisconsin. He's a good friend of mine and he did firearm education for the kids. Um, so all of them, but one had hunter safety. So we helped that boy with hunter safety, help pay for it, help him make sure he had transportation to and from. Cause just like you said, a lot of times it's transportation, right. Yeah. Um, or just again, resources. So we were able to get him, um, through that entire course successfully pass. And we scheduled this day because the day before that on Saturday was his field day for hunter safety. So it was all fresh in his head. And so he was one of those kids that was just answering every question, you know, as all the, some of these other kids had taken it prior, um, you know, and didn't have all the answers just right there at the tip of their tongue. Um, so it was great. And then we had, um, we were able to go through because it was actually just pouring that day. And I was a little nervous, um, but everyone made the best of it. Um, we had, we went over through the firearm safety. We had each of the kids, um, Will and I donated through the wild race, uh, hearing protections and eye protections for the kids down at the range. Um, we had one of our friends, Alex, um, he had gotten some shells from boss um, shot shells. So they each got a box of ammo. So they didn't have to go out and get ammo. Um, if they didn't have firearms, but they all ended up doing that. We were also going to allow them to have one through a local, um, uh, firearm store here to at least have that for the hunt. Um, so we all went through the safety. They all got to practice shooting. And then we got to go up and we had a couple friends. Um, we had a lot of different call companies donate. So these each kids got a brand new acrylic duck call, which oh, was so, so fun. And I am a, not a good duck caller <laughs> at <laughs> all. So we had some, we had some really good um, guys come in and really teach them and then sat at the tables with all these families and work on them one-on-one, -on -one, just teaching them, right? Just all these basics, all these tools to be successful. And then we went into um, having a professional um, dog and kennel and trainer there, Alex Britton with Southern Oak Kennel. So he brought his dogs. They had the launchers, you know, for the dummies. They had the blind set up. So we had the guide there. We had everything ready to like mock a hunt so that these birds would go flying, the dogs would go. It was all teaching them like, you know, cause it's 5am or, you know, hunting morning, 4am you're getting out there. It's pitch dark. You don't know what's going on. There's dogs, there's calls, there's all these commotions and trying to get these kids to understand waterfall hunting is so much more than just shooting a duck, right? Shooting a goose. It's yeah. all these aspects that go with it. Calling, being safe in the blind with your firearm, being safe with the dogs and knowing how to, um, you know, work with trained dogs versus dogs that are not trained and knowing how to be safe with that. So we're giving all these pieces of, you know, tools of success for them. And then, like I said, it was pouring <laughs> like and not just a little drizzle like it was pouring and these kids were troopers they were out there and they were shooting um blanks at you know the dummies and the dogs are going out there practicing getting the blinds popping up in them it was so fun it was so fun despite everything um to kind of see it all just like piece together like here's your little every little step and now let's put it all together um and then they got to i mean half rack donated i think every kid got like a shotgun um gun case they got um snack packs of course they got gun slings they got shirts they got um butt stocks for extra ammo um i can't remember oh that three-legged stool for the blind which was perfect um and they really just spoiled all these kids and then we had custom sweatshirts and t-shirts made for the kids we had i think sok the kennels donated like a yeti bottle 
We also, being that I'm a nurse, I got them all a first aid kit because you never know what happens <laughs> in the field. <laughs> they, so awesome. everyone, everyone laughed. They're like, only the nurse would put a first aid kit in the kids. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I've been in the field plenty of times. And um, it was so funny because come the uh, actual hunt weekend, one of the girls was like, are you going to quiz us what we brought? And I was like, what? She's like, well, I, I could have sworn that I had a bet with my dad that you were going to make sure that we had our first aid kits because you're a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, this is amazing. And she's like, I'm like, well, did you bring it? And she's like, well, yeah. And she like whips it out. It was so awesome. Um, it was so fun. And then um, Josh with Half Rack actually made a connection with DSG, which is, as you're familiar with, they specialize in clothes for women in the outdoors. And so they donated not one, but four full systems for each of these kids to be able to go, each of these girls to have brand new gear to go and hunt. And then oh the two boys... Um, Will and I, um, out of our own pockets, went and got new gear for the boys to wear for the hunt. So it was so fun and so rewarding just to kind of continuously spoil these kids with all this stuff. And then to take them out that next weekend, it was just, it was amazing to watch them. First of all, they blew me out of the water. I was so shocked by their, like their marksmanship and like their, their ability to just get in there and just take everything we learned. And I remember a couple of times we looked at each other, like me and the guide and Alex who has the dogs and we're like, wow, this is impressive. Like everything that they've, they are learning and they've learned from us, they've taken that and they've soaked it up and they are just, they're showing us what they've learned. And that was amazing. That was so fun. And it was nothing more rewarding because I mean, you could in the state of Wisconsin still shoot a goose at that time. I didn't even bring a gun. I just, I sat back and I watched them and it was so amazing. Um, and these kids faces, you know, we had a couple kids shoot their first duck, which was, there's nothing that's going to replace that. Right. Like that first duck to get you hooked. Um, and I think my favorite part after all of this wasn't just the hunt. It was the fact that some of these kids, because they're nervous on camera, um, was that they would, I would get messages the next day. So we took the boy, two boys and one girl Saturday and the other three girls on Sunday. And Sunday morning, <laughs> I got a message from one of the moms of the boys. And she's like, guess what? He was sitting in the tree line of this field Saturday night once we got home and is currently shooting at geese in the field. And then Sunday morning went and shot three teal on his own. He's, she's like, he went out there, he took everything that he had, his stool, his snack pack and had everything. I'm like, this is, I was like about to cry. I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. And she's like, he is hooked. And I was like, I love this. This is exactly what I, what I love to do. And then, you know, every day I started getting these feedbacks from parents and from the kids themselves who are on social media or got my phone number from their parents and just thanking us for what we've done and watching and knowing that, you know, one of the parents sent me a picture that the two boys now FaceTime each other and they talk about hunting and now they're good friends and they live hours apart. And just knowing that we can create these new friendships and, you know, continue to like nurture like this amazing sense of just community and family within the outdoor industry is just amazing. It's just to know that that was just one event that we have how many more events up ahead of us is just, it's going to be so overwhelming. And so just wonderful to kind of see everything kind of come to play, right? You know, this one idea turned into this amazing success. And now we're going to be able to do that in how many other states? I love it. I absolutely love it. What a cool, what a cool <laughs> story. Like that being some of these kids first experience yeah. in the outdoors and then to go out the next day and do it on your own. Yeah. Like there's, I can't just go out and shoot three <laughs> teal every day. And like, this right? is the second day out there. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the community all coming together, all the different yep. donors coming together, you guys putting in money on your own and people donating their time and resources yeah. to, to help further our passion for the outdoors, for conservation, for just Absolutely. hunting as a sport is amazing. And you're obviously very driven, very passionate about this. Oh, How yeah. did that all start? <laughs> like, where did that come from? That you yeah. said, hey, I want to not only do a TV show, but also give back to the community, also put on these events for kids. Where where did that stem from? So it's very um, interesting how it stemmed from. So my grandfather, um, if you're familiar with Safari Club International, uh, also known as SCI, he actually started the chapter in Wisconsin many, many years ago. Oh, dang. Um, so it stemmed from family, honestly, for me, and tradition and conservation, just like our core values are, right? And so um, he started this non, you know, this foundation and then moved into actually building a nonprofit foundation for himself. Um, and so that he was very passionate about going over to South Africa and giving back to those communities over there. He was hunting, but saw that there was definitely a need for, uh, for the communities out there. And so through that, I mean, I quite literally, even from a very young child, every couple of months um, throughout the year, because my grandpa would go there quite a bit, um, we would gather all of our unused clothes, whatever. My mom would put our clothes in the closet and she'd face our coat hangers one way. If we weren't wearing them and they were facing the opposite way, she'd take all those clothes and those were going to the kids in Africa. And so all of our shoes that we didn't wear, all the shoes that they bought us and we didn't wear, um, everything that we could, we donated to them. Um, we, we made, um, homemade wheelchairs in my basement <laughs> out of like a plastic chair, bicycle wheels, and a foam pad. Um, we just, we did everything we could to help the communities over there and specifically the schools. We've built community schools, community kitchens, donated laptops, anything for the, um, community and the villages out there. And so with that, every time he'd go hunting, all that meat would get donated because without that meat, they would have absolutely nothing. So we were constantly not only giving them, you know, healthcare resources and resources for their schools and food, but we were able to do so much more than that. And we were leaving a huge impact, which was amazing um, because I don't think people realize, especially in South Africa, how much the hunting industry has truly driven their income and their economic um, status. Like it's just, it's, it's a really amazing and eye-opening to see um, the difference of what you're going to put into there and what they need from just the hunting industry, um, because without it, they would be there would be nothing over there, which is so sad to say. Um, so my grandpa started this, and like I loved this idea. I loved the whole aspect of giving back, being more involved than just hunting, right? Like there's so much more to me. So um, he actually was supposed to take me for my high school um, graduation gift to go over there. Unfortunately, he got sick. And so he never um, was able to take me because he passed away in my third day of senior year. So I never got to go. And no one from my family actually went back to South Africa until this past May. So it was very much like, are we going to go? Or are we not going to go? Because as soon as we were going to go, COVID hit. My mom got diagnosed with stage three cancer. I like, I just was like, I don't know if we're ever going to make it. Um, and knowing that a couple years ago, I basically decided that, you know, through everything that I learned from my grandpa, I really wanted to continue forward. So he, I actually want to be a vet before <laughs> everything, large animal vet grew up on a farm. Um, and when he passed away, I actually loved taking care of him in his end of life. And I decided to apply for my CNA license and apply for nursing school, became a CNA, started working my senior year of high school, was a CNA for eight years. 
um, all through high school, Arasa High School, and then college, and then actually became and got my bachelor's in nursing. So I became a nurse, and for six, almost seven years, I've been a labor and delivery nurse specializing. So I love it. I bring life into this world, and it's one of the happy reasons that people go to the hospital. So um, you know, it's it's very it's very rewarding. So being able to be a part of someone's absolutely some of their either the worst days of their life or the happiest days of their life. Like being able to be a part of that is something that I truly am passionate for. Um, but I took all of that, that passion of giving back that passion of nurturing and being a nurse all together and took this value and belief and legacy that my grandpa left me and was like, you know what, I'm going to create my own. So I decided a couple of years ago, I was tired of waiting for other people and an opportunity to come my way. And I just started sharing and traveling by myself no cameras, no nothing, just by myself, taking pictures on my iPhone and just going over there and um, going on hunting trips by myself, fishing trips by myself. I'd catch a flight. No one wanted to go fishing and I wanted to go deep sea fishing. I remember I caught a flight on Allegiant Air for like 90 bucks, went down to Clearwater <laughs> and I went out in, I did some inshore fishing um, for three days and it was so by myself and it was so fun. Jeez. And my grandma was like, where are you? And I, I, I'm in Florida. I'm fishing. They're like, I thought you were going to go maybe like to the local lake. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I wanted to, I have a sense of adventure of me and I just, I just ran with it. So um, it was, it was so fun to kind of document that. And that's kind of how I started on social media, just doing all these trips. And then it just grew and it, I had an opportunity to actually be on um, a YouTube channel called run and arrow. Um, those guys are amazing. And I did a couple videos with them and I just started getting like a little bit more educated on how things went. I'm like, this is fun. I love being able to showcase like the opportunities that we have here, but also the opportunity to give back. And so I always knew how I was going to like what my end goal was, but I didn't quite know how to get there. So then from there I went with, um, I had gotten headhunted by a TV show um, that's also on the Percy channel that basically we started filming and let's just say me and this gentleman did not see eye to eye. He didn't value, <laughs> he didn't value me and, or let alone women in this industry, the way that I valued um, myself and other people in this industry. And so we decided to part ways. Um, and with that pursuit channel said, Hey, we know that you're working on building a brand and doing this on your own. Do you want to just do it now? And I just remember I was studying for my doctorate in nursing to be a nurse practitioner. I was full-time labor and delivery. I was like, how, <laughs> like, how is this going to be possible financially, like time-wise, like how? And so, um, I decided that I was just going to do it. So I, and this was all in the midst of COVID. So, um, I started filming like my own. I started hiring everything out. Um, and then COVID hit, as you can imagine, it just affected everybody very differently. And it was very traumatic to a lot of people and being in healthcare was very much, um, difficult during that time. And I was actually working as a travel nurse. So it was even more difficult. Um, so I didn't quite know with everything that was happening. It was like my testing point of, are we going to do this, Jessica, or are you going to give up? Right, you know, your mom just got diagnosed with stage cancer, COVID's hitting, you're working as a nurse, you're like, so drained, are we going to do this or not? And it was my moment of, I have to do this. Like it really tested like how devoted and how motivated I was going to be, to be able to make this dream come true. And so I didn't have a choice. I just ran with it. And it was amazing. Um, season one was great. And I got to go to South Africa. My mom's in remission. Um, and it was amazing because my mom doesn't hunt. And so she was 
in a very unique way, was able to come on all of those hunts with me. And it was a very special memory to be able to have. And the same people that my grandpa became best friends with and those kids that he helps that in those schools were actually the adults and the parents of the kids that we were then helping. So being able to walk in that school, see these kids, see these families, like I just pretty sure the first five episodes of our season, I cried a lot (laughs) because it was an emotional journey. I mean, it was everything. It was, this is what brought me here, you know, and if it wasn't for hunting and my grandpa, like I would have never been able to experience all these things. Right. And just to know that one person's impact can make this ripple effect is what literally lit this fire underneath me. And I'm like, that's it. We're doing it. (laughs) Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to ripple effect with all these kids. So when we got done, like, for example, that last weekend with the youth waterfall hunt, I said, you know, next year, um, my goal was that all these kids will come back and help mentor the next kids that we take out. And every single one of them said, absolutely. Like, we can't wait to sit next to them and say, guess what? This was us a year ago. We got our first duck call. We never sat in a duck blind before. We never hunted like this before, never shot our first duck or goose. And here you are. And this is where we are now. And the fact that even now still like this morning, I got a text from one of the dads saying that they're going away this weekend to go and hunt. And the one girl wants to go diver hunting. And now she's like wanting to go we talked about layout blind uh, or layout boat hunting and just to know that this ripple effect is happening it just it just made me so just so excited to see how what we what we can do like worldwide like how amazing is that right jeez <laughs> the generational like change that you guys are creating between yeah. your grandpa and then you getting to go back and see some of the kids that are now parents and they're in the yeah. industry and they're still being affected by the work that Absolutely. your grandpa did and the clothes that you guys sent over and yep. all of that. And then to to be starting something like that here in the U.S. and here in local Absolutely. communities is insane. And I feel like, like you mentioned with South Africa, how much of the industry is driven by hunting and people yes. traveling there to hunt and being out West it's really opened my eyes to that. I mean, growing up in Wisconsin, like hunting is a huge part of Wisconsin's industry, especially in the fall. And I don't know if you (laughs) were there with us in the group when I was talking about bringing back uh, check stations. Um, No, I was not a part of that. That's, that's something it's like my little pet project and I've done (laughs) almost nothing with it except talk about it. Uh, But I keep saying like, we need to bring back check stations because the community and just like the camaraderie of everybody gathering around a tailgate and just looking at a deer at the local corner (laughs) store, gas, like grocery store, whatever. People don't realize how much, uh, businesses and like small gas stations were profiting off of hunting season when they actually had check stations and you had to bring it in Mm -hmm. to get it tagged or to get the picture or to document it. Um, I miss and, that. <laughs> yeah, for real. Every everybody who I've talked to so far is like, dude, we miss that. We miss that. We need to make yeah. that happen. Um, but being out west, seeing some of these mm-hmm. communities and talking to people, and like you pull in and it's like, welcome to such and such town, Wyoming, and there's a giant elk on the sign, and then you go in and they're like, oh yeah, this place is a ghost town until September, and then all the all the archery hunters show up, and then like it carries through all the way into the end of the year but to see it's like the vacation town right except it's all on hunting and nobody travels to these places outside of hunting season right and so 
just the financial impact that that has on communities all across the country is is crazy to me. And I never thought about it. I was the consumer. Like all my life Mm -hmm. being a hunter, I was just like, what can I do? What can I get? This and that. You know, it was never about giving back. But to see that you were leading by example and showing kids who are then going to show their kids and their kids and their kids that that's what it's all about is pretty amazing. And it's, and it's awesome because, you know, you know, obviously growing up in Wisconsin, that nine day, the nine day gun deer season, it's like a literal holiday here. So you, you have widow's weekend. And it was so funny because growing up, I was never one of those women that stayed back. I was always the only one in the deer camp, which the boys hated. I always, (laughs) we always did pranks and there was always all sorts of things that were being done at camp. Um, They were for the most part, pretty decent with me. I definitely had a few pranks that went a little too far, but you know, that's just the fun of it. Um, But it's great. And it's a tradition and family that like, I will never, ever like, I don't ever want to miss that. You know, it's something that's so special and family driven and family tradition wise for us that we truly enjoy. Um, and so it's, it's great to be able to know that we can make this effect to all these people. And so, like you said, seeing that we can do what we did in South Africa to then come back to our homeland and to literally our home base, specifically in Wisconsin, knowing that we can do this here um, and then continue that here, but also continue wherever we travel to. Cause for filming, we had all these trips planned. I'm like, why don't we do this in every place that we go to? And that little idea, just like I said, exploded. (laughs) And I would talk to poor Josh, Josh at half rack. He's amazing. And I'd be like, Hey Josh. So, um, I decided I'm going to do this and he, and so then finally we kept going on and on and on about stuff. And I was like, so we're going to take 10 kids on a pheasant hunt in Idaho. And he's like, oh, and he's like, whatever you need, you just tell me whatever you need. Um, and then I was like, so instead of four kids for Michigan, we decided to take six. And every time I call him, he just laughs. He's like, what do you need now? Cause he just, he's so, but he says that, but he's so passionate because him, TJ, Trevor, all those guys are, they just talking them to them and knowing that this is our common thing that we love to do together is that if their products can give the kids, the perfect little starter pack to be out there and to be able to do this. That's amazing. This kid literally took a picture of him. Like I said, when he was shot that teal sitting on his half rack stool with a snack pack and his gun case, like just was so proud that he's like, I literally have this. And he kept, he kept telling me like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you know, his mom didn't have the ability to go and do this. You know, a lot of times the families don't have the money to travel to us we help compensate for their accommodations and their gas and whatever we can do to make it possible for these kids. Um, but times are hard, right? And so we do everything we can so that the kids and the parents don't have that burden of having to set those kids up. And if they have a cornfield across the street that they want to go, they can just take all those things and they can just go and be successful just like they did. Um, so it's awesome. It's really awesome. And I know, so this weekend, um, on Saturday we have, are you familiar with McMillers? They're out of Eagle Palmyra area. It's a sports center. So they are an outdoor range. And so they had rifle um, and, you know, handgun ranges. And they also had um, trying to think they had like all sorts of sporting horse clades. They had uh, flurries. They had, um, I want to say, I'm trying to think of all the things because they expanded quite a bit because they got a huge grant from the DNR. Um, And so then they, oh, and they also opened a 45, um, basically a 45 uh, 3D course for any bow hunters, which is amazing. You can bring your crossbow there. So we are actually going, it's their open house this weekend. 
but we're actually going and that's we ran a whitetail contest for kids and we had two winners a boy and a girl um but all the families that nominated and it's open to the public are going to come to this event and we're going to have tree stand safety harness safety firearm safety same things but all day kids are free if you sign up through the uh the wild race so we're paying for all the kids to do this parents um through us instead of the uh, mcmiller's website we're half price so it's 20 bucks everything's included you have catered um, barbecue the whole time and you pay the $20 and you get to use any of the ranges all day long. You can go shoot sporting clays. You can take your rifle. You can go rent a gun. You can go shoot. You can just get out there, have fun. They have vendors there. They have music. Um, it's just going to be really fun to be able to do all this education piece and be able to like meet other people again, locally here to Southeast Wisconsin. Um, but also like be able to educate them and have fun and it's just going to be great. So um, all those kids we get to take and um, next. So then the following weekend, we're actually taking these two kids and their families up to our personal family cabin because I thought about taking them somewhere else. But I'm like, you know what? This is me. This is where it all started. Yeah. I want yeah. them to be able to see those memories, know where I shot my first year, um, see what literally the place and the land and everything shaped me to be the person I I am today and take them to my family cabin. So we're going hunting the following weekend um, for the whole weekend for the statewide youth uh, whitetail hunt. So we're super excited to take them. And that one, we're very, very fortunate because Sika actually donated for each of those kids a full whitetail system. So they got head to toe spoiled with brand new Sika. <laughs> they are so excited. We've got How pictures. How can I of win them. one of these contests? Can I, I sign up? <laughs> And Vortex, who's a huge sponsor too, they um, donated each of the kids. They got Crossfire binos and a bunch of, I think, a sweatshirt and a shirt and a couple hats for each of the kids and some orange gear. Um, so we were just, you know, my rep there is just amazing. She is um, definitely somebody that has been with me from the very beginning and has truly been like a little personal cheerleader. Um, and so when we talked about doing these things, she was like, yep, I'm going to send this. And I know her and I open and I start crying because they just, they love you know, they love to be able to do these things for these kids and to, you know, promote, um, you know, what we're doing. And for even South Africa, I told her what we were doing. They sent, I don't even know how many t-shirts, but it was like $3,500 worth of t-shirts that they sent over for us to give to the kids in South Africa. Oh my and it was amazing. It was very humbling to see that a brand and a company believing in the greater cause of what we're doing, conservation, hunting, all of it is just so passionate about it too. Right. So it's just, it's been amazing. Like <laughs> I can't keep the, say, stop saying that. It's just, a, it's just wonderful. Well, the, the sense of ownership that it gives kids and people that are new to hunting. Yeah. It's like when they have a, a piece of equipment, whether mm -hmm. it's a stool or a snack pack or a gun case or a shirt or binos, like it makes them want to stick with it. You know, every yeah. time they see that item, it's like, oh, I want to go and glass for deer or ducks or turkey or whatever. Or, yeah. you know, I've got all this equipment. Why not go out and put it to use? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy to me that that something that simple could be a hindrance to somebody getting into the sport or continuing in the sport, you know, because if you were to have all of these kids that come out and they hang out for the day and they do the field day and they go on the hunt, but all of the equipment is borrowed, you know, right. like they're, you guys are just letting them use mm -hmm. it for the day. They're going to go back and they're, that's going to be a mental barrier for them. They're going to be like, I don't have any of the equipment. Like, how am I just going to go out and do this now? And yep. I, it, 
I, I was pretty excited. I got a message yesterday from my buddy, Chad. He's been on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. He got into archery hunting. Fine. And he, I, I had a bunch of camo because I got a new system this year. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, I can either sell all of my stuff or I can just give it to somebody mm-hmm. who needs it. And mm-hmm. so I was at guys night one night. We all get together on Thursday nights. And I was like, hey, who needs camo? And one of my buddies who's been hunting for a long time, he's like, dude, what do you have? Like, I'll take it. And then Chad was like, dude, I literally don't have anything. And I was like, oh, it's yours. And so I brought it to him and I I haven't given it a second thought for months. And I get a message from him yesterday and he's like, hey, dude, thanks again for that camo. It helped me out the other day. I went out for my first time with a bow, sat down, had a deer walk past me, a buck walked past after that. I shot the buck and I was like what no way that's amazing and the fact that like even just the camo stuck with him and that's not to toot my own horn or anything but no just to point out the fact that like the gear the Mm -hmm. gear can be a barrier and when Mm -hmm. you can minimize every barrier possible Mm -hmm. it's gonna make people want to get back out there it's gonna turn them into repeat customers if you will absolutely absolutely and i think like you said like not not having those resources and just that bare basics, right? Like you can always upgrade. And yes, I've had one of the boys, um, you know, his brother actually nominated him. He was much older and he was like, he doesn't have anything. His, um, he didn't have anything of his own and maybe a little bit of hand-me-downs. And that's why I was like, you know what, we're going to get him some new stuff. Um, we weren't able to find a full sponsor like DSG, um, for the boys. And so I was like, you know what, we're just going to do it on our own. And it was so, like I said, it was like Christmas morning shopping. I went into the store. I was like, this is fun. And, um, you know, it was, it was so exciting to be able to know that you can give this to somebody and they're going to use it. And to know that, you know, his brother sent me a message the other day and he's like, I was given an opportunity to do, um, he was given an opportunity to do a pheasant hunt and his neighbor signed him up for that. And if it wasn't for that, he would have never been the passion. I mean, he, you should just see his social media. He loves hunting. Um, and he lives four hours away from his younger brother, his half brother. And so, um, he's like, my brother has been asking my parents, um, cause he had, hand me down gun. He's like, I wanting to, he works at a dairy farm. He's like, I want to work more. I want to get my own gun. He's so excited. And he has all these things to be able to be successful. Right. And so, um, if we can minimize that as little as possible so that they at least have something to start with, that is our goal. Right. And so like getting new camo and granted, yes, they're going to, they are going to grow out of it eventually, but to know that this will hold them over and at least get them to the point where they become so passionate and addicted on their own that they just continue to move forward with it um, and have something to work towards. Like, that's amazing. Like you said, um, just to know that that little piece and everything, the little thing that you did for your friend, giving him that camo, knowing that although in maybe his mind, like, you know, guys, you know, I'm sure you guys experience like different ways of being grateful or whatever, but you know, to know that that piece and that little bit of give that you gave made a huge difference to him and made a successful harvest for him. And at the end of the day, I think it meant so much more to him. Um, I had a girl, she messaged me on Instagram and she had said, Hey, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Um, her dad's been trying to get her in, but she's been a little hesitant to, and she has expressed how she felt like she could never make her dad proud. And she's like, I think for the first time ever, I made my dad proud. And that's because of you. And I was crying. I'm going to cry again. So then um, his dad, her dad actually texted me later on that, um, the next day 
and said, you know, she really made me proud this and that. And I wasn't going to share it with him. And I was like, you know what? I think you need to see what your daughter sent to me. And I sent it to him because I screenshotted it. And he's just like crying. He calls me and he's like, I can't believe she said that. She never told me she sent this to you. And I'm like, I don't think she meant necessarily for you to quite see it. But I was like, I think you need to know that your daughter is very grateful that you signed her up for this opportunity and that this is her takeaway from it. So at the end of the day, that knowing that even if the parents are passionate and they just don't know how to get their kid passionate about it or just don't know how to get them, especially sometimes like young girls, like it's really hard. And I'm sure as a parent. And so to know that this is the effect that it's having on these kids is just amazing. Um, and it's very humbling. So it's, it's great. Oh <laughs> it's great. Gosh. That, that's so amazing. And I'm excited to hear the stories that come from these other events. Cause you've got what, it sounds like three in three weeks. So, so we have you yep, up the open house. We have the youth waterfall hunt. And then I take off October uh, 12th for um, we're going out to Idaho. So I pulled a blue elk tag and we're going to go for general um, mule deer as well for rifle. And then when I was planning all this over a year, um, and I ended up reaching out to my best friend out there and she was like, let's figure something out with the kids. And I know big game is a little hard to take multiple kids or just the timing wise. Cause right. It's a draw state. So it's, there's a little bit more planning that goes. It's all came rolling out. It was a little further along. So we decided we reached out to um, a local pheasant farm that said, Hey, I want to take 10 kids out. I'm like 10 kids okay. <laughs> like we just did six, but of course we didn't even do the event yet. We just had planned for this. And he's like, Nope, I want 10. I was like, okay. So we got on the radio stations. We got it um, advertised and we had such an amazing turnout and we had 10 kids. And so we are going to, on October 22nd, take those kids out. And um, it was actually it was super exciting. So, um, one of the boys, his dog, um, which it's fine that because his family knows, so I can share this today. Um, but one of the boys, he is high functioning autistic and he was very nervous that one, he'd be chosen for the contest. I actually have experience taking care of special needs kids. So I love that. Um, his dad will be there with him, of course. Um, but they had a seven-year-old yellow lab that was their world and was his hunting buddy. If you don't anything about autistic kids, sometimes they find one niche, one thing that they just latch onto. And they're very, very, very passionate about, um, and they almost become experts in it. And so that was his thing was upland hunting with this dog. Well, this dog passed away from cancer just recently. So he had told his dad, he didn't know if he was going to go hunting because he didn't want to go without his dog. So here I am <laughs> hearing this, getting, you know, chosen him, choosing him for this nomination. His dad sends me all these pictures, you know, thank you for choosing my son. Here's a couple pictures of him. Um, super excited. And I called his dad and I said, how would you like it if we were able to sponsor to get you a new puppy? And so we, through all this, we are getting him and his parents know, but he has no idea. So we are surprising him with a brand new yellow lab, little girl. So um, we are so excited because it's the, um, it stars align, right? Like I just tell people. And so um, the family that's actually coming out who is doing the dog safety out there um, that we're teaching the kids one of his clients, because he's a trainer as well, one of those clients had an oopsies litter out of a very, very nice bloodline. Um, and they're like, we don't care about that. We just want something, you know, and they weren't really, because when I called his dad, of course, and expressed this, he was like, very emotional. He's like, I don't really know what to say right now. And so he was like, I 
are we ready for a dog? I can't tell you whether or not we're emotionally ready for another dog. <laughs> and so we were being able to, um, you know, figure this out. Um, so they have, they, we have it all figured out. So they picked up the puppy. He's got, um, the trainers holding on to him until we get there later this next month. So we are so excited. <laughs> I am, I'm like, I know that I'm excited to like elk hunt, but I'm literally just through the moon, cannot wait to be able to give this kid a brand new dog. Like to know that that was his way of getting into hunting and to be able to enjoy hunting and to give that back to him and to this family is like, nope, nothing's going to top that. <laughs> it's going to be so, so fun. insane. Oh my yeah. gosh. How cool. Like <laughs> So I told, so of course, you know, I tell Josh Dutton um, with half rack and I'm like, so Josh, and he's like, what now? <laughs> and so I'm like, this is what we're doing. And he's like, oh my gosh. Like he's just he's so giving he's such a giving person and that brand all together is just amazing with this whole thing that we're doing so i'm i'm excited i think it's going to be a great thing so besides idaho i think thereafter we go bow hunting in wisconsin the week after that literally <laughs> week after that then we have our youth michigan hunt in november then we go on a huge tour for to oklahoma and texas we don't have anything figured out quite yet for youth there um, and then that's the opening gun season here and then in December, we're going to Missouri for, um, we're taking, we just finished our contest. We're announcing our winners for that tomorrow. Um, we're taking two kids um, on a youth hunt in Missouri with us in December. So lots of exciting things. Um, and throughout all this, like things just continue to pop up, which is super fun. Um, but, and then, oh, and then our big thing, which we haven't announced and I'm super excited. I actually was going to wait to share it with you today. So December 1st through the 15th, we're going to run a contest and it's called um, the Wild Race Win. So kind of similar to like make a wish being a nurse, knowing that it's made a difference. Um, it's going to be open to any youth who is chronically ill or terminally ill that has a fishing and hunting dream in the U S and we're going to make it come true. So we are going to run that and it's going to be our little Christmas, um, holiday wish that we're going to run and be able to surprise, um, a very lucky, um, little, uh, hopefully <laughs> very lucky youth to be able to experience something that they would normally not be able to experience. So whatever it is, I know that we've talked to a few sponsors and we're going to make it work. I don't care. Come, you know, come hell or high water, we're going to make it work. So I, uh, I'm very excited for that. So that's something that we're going to, we haven't announced to the public yet. Um, so like I said, I wanted to share that with you today. I know, um, a couple other people know that what's going to happen. So it'll be fun. It'll be very fun. So. <laughs> How, oh my gosh. You guys are <laughs> insane. Like I'm honored that you had the time to come on my show today. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> with how much you guys have going on yeah. and how many events you're putting on and the, the kids' lives that are being changed and, you know, advancing the sport, like everything you guys do, it's pretty amazing. And so great job with all of that. And I'm going to be following along for a long time. I mean, <laughs> I want to, I want to watch this stuff. I want to come to one of these events. I think that'd be so yeah. cool to see kids Absolutely. getting out there and just experiencing this stuff um what where can people follow along where can they find you where they where can they watch the shows and yeah see these events or even become part of these events Absolutely. So um, one of our biggest ways that we have reached out to audiences, Instagram. So um, my personal page is at Jessica and outdoors, our TV show page is at inside the wild race. Um, and then we also have, I think will is at the wild race underscore will. And then we have Facebook. Um, we had been, as I'm sure everybody can understand social media sometimes is very difficult to keep up with. So we've now redirected and continue 
into our focus with our Facebook page, as well as now building our YouTube. So through the agreements with the uh, TV, TV network, we were not able to release any episodes, but since our episode just finished, we actually yesterday at 7 p.m. just premiered our first episode, our full episode that if those that weren't able to have the Pursuit channel or watch it any other way, they now can see all of their entire first season. Um, every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, they will be released. So we are super excited to be able to share that with the entire world because I can't tell you the amount of people that have said, I want to watch your show, but I don't have a Pursuit channel. Um, and the only other way was Sling TV. And yet that's another subscription. And that was really hard for a lot of people to be able to do. So I love that now we can share this on a very accessible site. So those will all be on our YouTube, which is also the wild race. Um, and then we have our TV or our TV. We have our website. So www.thewildracetv.com. We have all of our contest stuff that we keep up to date on there. All of our little background information. We actually just filed for nonprofit about a month and a half ago. So we're super excited for our foundation to kind of also take a part of this. Um, we're always looking for ideas, volunteers, if People know people that are deserving of an opportunity, um, know of a youth or adult even like primarily we like to work with youth, but if they know somebody that would really benefit from an awesome experience like this, please reach out to us because we love those ideas. We love people kind of giving it to us. Um, we have a page called the change, uh, the race to change the future. And there you can nominate anyone wherever they are in the United States to be able to be given an opportunity. And depending on when and what it is, if we can fit it in, we would love to be able to have the chance to do that. So that's kind of our little tidbit, but our website will stay pretty up to date as well as our social media to kind of follow us and be involved. Man, that is so cool. I've got, I've got a few more questions before we hop yeah. off, but I know we're coming, <laughs> getting close to an hour. Um, yeah. This one, you have to be a little bit selfish on this answer, okay? Because I know okay. you're excited about helping other people a ton. But I yeah. want to know, aside from like all the fun things you're doing for youth and getting them out there and buying them puppies. I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> uh, what is your hunt that you're most looking forward to this year? My bull elk. Yep, bull my elk. Idaho bull elk hunt. That is 110%. Um, something that besides all these youth events, I would have to say I've never chased elk before. Um, and so it is something that I don't even care. Like I'm not one for trophy size. Like I will just be fortunate to get out there. Um, it turned into, it was supposed to be a guided outfitted hunt to it's not. Um, we have some very good friends that are going to be helping. So it's going to be very different experience, but um, I was a little nervous because I'm sure, as you know, the mountains can be very intimidating and can be scary if you're not safe and don't really know a whole lot. And I don't have a whole lot of education and knowledge and experience out in the mountains, like obviously some of these people who've lived out there their whole lives. Um, so I am so excited because I've had um, a lot of preparation, as I'm sure you know, like literally building my elk pack to like get ready, like measure everything, get all the gear been super fun to be able to just collect all the gear over time and just really prepare for this so lots of preparation for this hunt um it's going to be probably our longest and biggest trip this year um besides south africa so although africa was by far the greatest experience i've had to date i cannot wait for this hunt because i'm going to have some amazing people by my side and it's just kind of like you know i haven't been back to south uh to idaho since i moved back here to wisconsin so i'm excited to go back i really am i Idaho is gorgeous. I mean, I haven't spent yes. a ton of time there, but the little bit that I have on this trip, I'm like, holy cow, really. Isn't it wild? That, yeah. I, I always wonder like, why am I in Missouri? Like, why is right? that? 
like I do love it. I love the fact that I can just go out, out to my hunting property and hunt ducks mm-hmm. or deer or, or turkey or squirrel or rabbit or whatever. But <laughs> out west, I mean, just the sights, the views, and then the different ant, like the different big game opportunities there yeah. are out west is just insane. So that's going to be a really exciting hunt. What about? Okay, so that's the upcoming hunt you're yep. most excited about. What is your bucket list hunt? Do you have like? Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. So I want to know bucket okay. list hunt location okay. and weapon. Ooh. Um, Red Stag, New Zealand, and my compound bow. Nice. That is my bucket list hunt. I would say. Um, that is. It used to be. Um, I, well, it's hard because that's big game, right? Because I would love to go to Alaska and also get a king eider. Like that's oh just like gosh, every waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a Harlequin or something, but that's definitely up there. But when I think of like, you know, it's one of those animals that my grandpa also, because of his legacy, it was one of those animals that he for sure um, had always said that this is something that he thought was just the most majestic animal was a red stag. Right. Um, and he has a very good friend out there called Neville. Um, Neville has um, guys out there. And so we were all supposed to go a couple years ago. And again, life happens, COVID happens. And so I haven't been able to, and I think there's still technically, I, I I don't know. So I can't say exactly, but I know that there are still some sort of restrictions over there. I'm not quite sure, um, you know, now being 2022, what the restrictions are, but I'm very excited to hopefully one day, <laughs> we will see to be able to harvest one. So that is like my, ultimate like bucket list new zealand red stag is it really is just like the epitome of like traveling and hunting just a gorgeous animal and i've i've never seen red stag aside from like in captivity right i can't even imagine like in the wild watching those things and the landscape there i mean you're basically hunting you're like Frodo, right? You're, right? you're actually <laughs> in where it was filmed. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. You're yeah. like hunting one of the most majestic and beautiful antlered creatures out there. And yep. so that will be sweet. I'm excited for you when that happens. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I hope so. One day, right? One day. I've gotten so carried away with all this other stuff. And we are going to South Africa again next May, of course. <laughs> so it'll definitely be hopefully, if not next year, the year after. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. What are you hunting in South Africa? So this year, so next year, number one, which I didn't get this year was the kudu, the greater kudu. Oh my gosh. I did not get the kudu. So this year I got, um, what did I get? Day one was a heart, red heart beast. I got the hems buck, um, or orcs, um, is that what the other name they call it? Um, I got blue wildebeest, um, a sable, um, which was actually my dad's, but, um, that morning I had some pretty life-changing news that happened. And my dad kind of knew that. So one of the two things he wanted that and then the Yala. Um, and I was, like I said, he was supposed to go and hunt that. And he uh, said, Nope, this is actually going to be your hunt. And I think that's what I needed that morning. Um, and he knew like deep down that that's, that was like a father daughter moment. It was really funny because at the end, so I worked my tail off for that. Oh my gosh, that sable! I worked my tail off for him, <laughs> but it was so rewarding. And I just let all the emotions out after. And I was like, so why did you do this? And he goes, it's father's daughter day in South Africa today. Didn't you know that? I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, the sable, those are majestic. Oh my goodness. Um, and just the footage, I think that's episode four. So when it's on YouTube, I'll have to let you know that because 
just the footage and how my editor did the whole thing because he ended up, we we're chasing this herd. He ended up being by his complete lonesome, just literally like galloping in this just open plains. And it was just the craziest thing how it happened. Just stopped perfect broadside, shot him. We were like, I mean, we like ran behind this tree to get a good shot. It was just insane. Um, but it was so majestic how he like played it out in the editing, post-production editing. I just laughed, but, um, so I had that. And then what else did I get? A warthog, a trophy warthog. This thing was not on my bucket list. And, uh, I am now going to be coming home with a full mounted warthog (laughs) that I have no idea where I'm going to put in my house because it is going to be a full mount because it's like a CI trophy category. Um, yes, it's probably the largest warthog that I've probably ever laid eyes on, um, it is <laughs> definitely the most not appealing looking animal, but um, I was told that this is something that I can't let uh, not be a full mount. So here we are going to be, uh, we just ordered it, <laughs> the full mounted warthog in my house. That will be fun. Oh and then um, what else did I have? It was seven. So Hemsbuck, Blue Wildebeest, uh, Red Hartebeest, Sable, Warthog. Oh, Waterbuck. Those are beautiful as well. Um and I feel like I'm missing something, but, um, but for next year, so I was chasing a spring buck almost the entire time. Those things are incredibly fast and I could not because they're the national, um, they're like the national staple of South Africa. So, um, that was something that I really want. I think the national animal too. So spring buck, kudu, um, I would really love I don't know. It's so hard. Um, cause there's so many beautiful animals. They have like this golden wildebeest that's like brindle looking, but it's gold. Um, yeah, I would say for sure those three, it definitely not as big of a list as it is this, this first year. <laughs> so, yeah. um, oh, and a zebra, I shot a zebra. That was the last one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other animals that, um, are on my list. It's not your typical, I, I think list, but, I love it. It's fun. It's very, very exciting. Africa is different. Mm-hmm. If you have never been, you absolutely have to experience it at least once. I, I definitely want to go check that out. It seems like an amazing place. And everybody I talk to who's been there, yeah, they highly recommend it. I'm curious. Do you know what the weight was of your warthog? Because I, I see... I see like the videos all the time. I, I follow all these like nature pages. And so like, I see like lions attacking warthogs yeah. and those things are huge. I mean, yes, they look like as big as a leopard in mm-hmm. like almost half the size of a lion. Like they're big animals. They are big. They're short. Um, but the one I, I can't say, so the picture that I took, it was really funny because I sure didn't want to, um, he, I was like, Oh, what's this all over them? And they're like, Oh, it's just whatever ended up being lice all over him. So I'm really glad I didn't like sit on top of him and take all my pictures after, (laughs) but we like dug a hole, um, right underneath so that I could like sit behind him a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't know the weight, but he was big. He was big and it's just not, like I said, it's just like the wildest animal. Again, it was not on my list. Still wasn't going to shoot it. And they're like, I remember Francois looked at me. He's like, if you're not going to shoot that, that is like a once in a lifetime, like warthog right there. He's like, I will literally kill this. I didn't even know like this existed. (laughs) And so I brought my rifle out and walked over to it. I mean, it was just insane. It was huge, huge. (laughs) So, but I know that they measure by the tusks and we actually, I didn't take a tape measure it before we left because it was literally our last day. Um, so when I get back, I'll have to measure it. But it's, I mean, this thing like came all the way up and like curled all the way up. And usually people just get them and they're like about halfway up their cheek. I mean, I'll, if you see pictures on my Instagram, I mean, this thing was just 
insane. It was huge, <laughs> like huge. And then I look at the one I remember because I hadn't gone to our family cabin since we got back from our trip to Africa. And I was there about a month and a half ago. And I looked, I'm like, this is grandpa's warthog. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, this thing's like tusks are like this big. And so mine were like six times that. I'm like, this is nuts. They're like, I told you that thing was huge. That was like a not a normal warthog that you shot. So I'm like, all right, I guess we are doing this full mount warthog. <laughs> so how cool. Well, congrats on everything that you're a part Thank of, you. on all the events you're putting on, on, you know, the kids' lives that you're changing, the hunts that you're going on. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun to follow along. And um yeah, we're going to have to keep in touch. I'm excited yeah, to hear please. how your Idaho hunt goes and how those yeah. other events go. Yeah, and like I said, you you obviously are familiar with Wisconsin and whatnot. If you guys ever want to stop in an event or help out or even be a part of anything, we love that. We absolutely love to get more people involved and to be able to change these kids' lives. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you're not encouraged or motivated or inspired to go out and give of your time, resources to help mentor somebody or to do something in the space to actually get people outdoors more or to progress the sports that we love. I don't know what's going to because there are so many cool opportunities and to hear about all these things that Jessica's involved in is really encouraging. And so um, I would encourage all of you guys Try to find an organization where you can go and do habitat restoration, population surveys, or where there's like a mentorship program or they do a, a classroom or a workshop that teaches people about these sports, helps them hone in their skills, maybe talks about the biology or um, the, the habits of different wildlife. And so try to find something to become a part of where you can volunteer, where you can help the next generation of hunters get out there and see what it is that we all love. So until next time, guys, get out there, always choose adventure, and God bless.